everybody. Welcome back to the Betting Pros NFL podcast brought to you by BetMGM. I am your host, Dan Harris, and you can find me on Twitter at DanHarris80. It is time to break down some of our favorite and our least favorite bets for the week 15. Goodness gracious, NFL slate. With me to talk about it all is Andrew Cayley, a senior publishing editor over at Covers. You can find him on Twitter at Covers underscore Cayley. That's C-A-L-E-Y. Andrew, what's going on? Not much. Just can't believe that the season... We're already in week 15, semifinals for fantasy playoffs already. It's just... it's a, we, we say it every week and every year. It's like, oh, I can't, can't believe it's this week, but... Now it's almost over. <laughs> I mean, I'm a huge baseball fan, right? Like, I, yeah. I cover both sports. I'm huge. And legitimately, it's like halfway through the baseball season. I'm like, how is this not over already? You know, it's like <laughs> it, it goes by at a snail's place. Football, you legitimately blink your eye, and it's completely over, which is crazy. You know, we'll have a lot more going on even into the playoffs, so we have plenty of more bets to talk about. But for right now, we're going to talk about Week 15. But before we do, we're going to do the full Monty where we review everything that happened Last week, I hit on the Ravens laying six to the Bills and the Titans laying three to the Raiders, but I missed pretty hard on the 49ers Saints under 44. They just about doubled that. Uh, and Darius guys over 75 rushing yards, but I'm not going to take blame for him That's getting injured. Yeah, it's not my fault. I'm not taking it. Uh, our guest, Ian McMillan, he hit on the 49ers getting two and a half from the Saints and the Dolphins getting five from the Jets. But he missed on the Patriots getting three from the Chiefs and narrowly on Nick Chubb over 125 rushing yards. So a bit of a mixed bag last week overall, but not the worst. So are you ready to get number. going? It's not bad. Are you ready to get going? I'm ready. All right. So what do you got for your first pick in pick six? And again, before we get into it, let me just make it clear. Uh, any odds that Andrew and I reference, they're going to be the bettingpros.com consensus odds. Those are the aggregate of the odds that you're going to find available in the marketplace. All right, sorry to cut you off. Let's get started with pick six. What do you got for your first pick? So the first pick, we are going with the Seattle Seahawks, minus six, laying six points on the road in Carolina. Um, it doesn't seem like a great number uh, on the road, but the Panthers fired Ron Riviera, and then they come out and look like they have absolutely no fight in them. Like, that move seemed completely wrong. Like, let them finish out the season they at least play for this guy. And then they get beat down 40-20 to 20 by a Falcons team that had... Well, I guess the, the Falcons, to be fair, have now beaten them twice. They account for half of of, of their wins against the, the Panthers. Um, but now they go up against the Seahawks team that is going to really want to bounce back after uh, what I thought was kind of a weird game against the Rams. Like, they could move the ball, but they just couldn't score. And, I don't know, they just ran some weird sets on offense and... Uh, now they're going to try to bounce back and keep pace with the Niners, of course, in the NFC West. And this just doesn't line up well for the Panthers at all, this game, this matchup. Carolina is, bar none, the worst rushing defense in the NFL. And, of course, the Seahawks are one of the best rushing teams in the NFL. Um, Just some fun Carolina rushing defense stats. First, they rank 29th in rushing yards allowed per game. Um, They also rank last in yards per attempt at 5.3 per carry. And they also rank dead last in Football Outsiders DVOA rating against the Rush. Um, they've also given up 21 rushing touchdowns this season. That's the most in the NFL and seven more than the next closest team. Um, meanwhile, the Seahawks rank fifth in rushing DVOA, seventh in yards per attempt. Uh, I know they lost Rashad Penny for the year, but there's still some um, backfield death with, uh, I think, Procise is back there, still backing up Carson. I really like Carson this week. I think he has a really big game. And, of course, they still have that Russell Wilson guy who's pretty good. Um, And while the Panthers' pass 
defense, uh, excuse me, the Panthers' pass defense, uh, say that five times fast, is uh, they haven't been as effective the last over the last month or so. And for a team that just seems to have its soul gutted, I'm taking, I'm laying the points with the Seahawks here. They're, they're, they're motivated. They have to win. They're frankly the much better team. Lay the points. Yeah, I'm in complete agreement with you on this one. Um, I'm a little surprised that, you know, our consensus isn't more overwhelming. I mean, it's 67% taking Seattle, mm. which is a pretty big number, and I'm surprised it's not like 85%. I mean, when you look at the breakdown of both the number of bets in the market and the money coming in, it is strongly skewed towards Seattle. And I completely agree with you. I feel like it's a little difficult at this point for bookmakers because, you know, everybody's got their models and that's why you see some of these lines and you're like, well, I feel like generally speaking, the line should be much greater than it necessarily is. And that's a lot because, you know, these the bookmakers, they don't react as heavily to one yeah. or two games as maybe the public does. But I mean, at this point, it is obvious from 10,000 feet away that the Panthers are just mailing it in at this point, oh, yeah. they, right? They just can't do anything, get anything right. The defense, uh, you mentioned it, they're terrible against the run and they've just completely given up since then. They look like they just have no interest in tackling anybody. Kyle Allen has completely come back down to earth. I'm not even sure he's going to survive this entire game as a starting quarterback at this point. And like you mentioned, the Seahawks, I mean, not only are they coming off a loss, but they're pretty desperate for a win. I mean, yeah. it might be the difference between the number two seed and the number five seed. So it, it's pretty big. So for me, it's I think really this big, is a, yeah. a smash game for everybody. I think Chris Carson's going to go nuts. I think Russell Wilson's going to go nuts. I think Tyler Lockett, who's finally recovered from his Thank illness, yeah, <laughs> is going to go nuts. And again, you know, to the extent, you know, the Seattle pass defense has been uh, not Seattle. I'm sorry. The Carolina pass defense. The whole season has been decent, but I mean, I yeah. really think James Bradbury is probably going to match up on Metcalf at Metcalf. this point. I, right. I, I'd say so. Yeah, and but so they, that's gonna... that that whole unit has really come together. Like, especially with now that Lockett is is healthy, I, I like the way that Metcalf is playing. Even Josh Gordon has like carved him, his elf, himself himself sure. out a little niche there, and it's it's fun to see them play together. Yeah, no. So I, I agree with you. I think this is a smash spot for Seattle. I have, no, I mean, under a touchdown, I love it. I'm all over it as well. So I'm with you for uh, your first pick. Uh, I think you're going to be with me for my first pick as well. And that's going to be the Jaguars and the Raiders going over 45 points. Uh, since the Jaguars buy, they have allowed 33, 42, 28, and 45 points. This is a defense that has completely mailed it in. I mean, you want to, it makes, it, make, that's it, it, it yeah. makes Carolina look like they're playing their butts <laughs> off and desperately trying to get to the playoffs. Their rush defense is 31st in the league in yards per carry to running backs at 5.3, 30th in yards per game at 141.1, but that is nothing compared to their last three games in which they have allowed 162.7 rushing yards per game. In come the Raiders, despite their various <laughs> offensive deficiencies. They can still run the ball behind that offensive line. It sounds like Josh Jacobs is going to play this weekend. I mean, John. It was weird. Yeah, it was like, oh, he might be done for the year. And now they're saying like, oh, no, just day to day. He's back. I mean, <laughs> in the end, first of all, there were a couple. I mean, it sounds like John Gruden doesn't want to play him necessarily. But their reports Why say not? they looked great. And again, remember, this is their last game in Oakland, right? This is yeah. they want to they want to have a big performance here. So he's probably going to play, but even if he doesn't, DeAndre Washington is kind of an underrated running back in the league. I think he showed last week he can carry the load. Their passing offense not great, but Carr played well against the Titans. They still have Darren Waller. They're capable of moving the ball. I don't think Miles Jack is really going to be able to shut Waller down and although, you know, the Jaguars run defense is abysmal, their pass defense lately is 
almost just as bad. You saw Phillip Rivers <laughs> in the midst of a horrific season totally light them up. They've allowed a 96.3 passer rating to opposing quarterbacks on the season. That is 10th worst in the league. It's been getting worse lately. This is really just an understanding that the Jaguars have totally mailed it in. Now, okay, fine, that's defensively. But the Raiders, they're pretty equally inept defensively at the moment. 34 40 42 points. Those are the points allowed over the last three games. One of those is to my beloved Jets. The Raiders' defense has been abysmal against the pass all season, right? On the surface, they've been decent against the run, but I've never really bought that. I think their run defense has largely been a little overrated, hidden a bit by the fact that they are so bad against the pass. And look, there's no shame in getting beat up by Derrick Henry, but you saw what happened last week, 18 carries for 103 yards. And again, the pass defense, just terrible. They allow 268 passing yards per game, 28th in the league, 105.9 QB rating against 31st in the league. And the Jags passing offense hasn't been great. Even with Gardner Minshew, they're probably going to be down DJ Chark in this game, but I think they can do enough against this defense. Again, my only worry here legitimately is that because it's the last game in Oakland, you see that crowd is going to be crazy. I'm sure the Raiders are going to put up points. You could see maybe their defense playing, you know, getting up for this game and maybe shutting down the Jaguars. But overall, I think in the end, they're going to be a lot of points scoring this game. So I'll take the over 45 and not sweat too much about it. I can't, I can't disagree too much. These teams rank 29th and 31st in defensive DVOA this year. So yeah. I like. I also. I also like. Uh, I think uh, Leonard Fournette will get a little more on track in this game. He's been pretty pretty outstanding all year, which is uh, a relief to his fantasy owners. Yeah, uh, yeah. But but uh, the the Raiders are going to have their hands full. He he seems to still be trying. He, uh, I'll give him. I'll give him credit. Hey, and Minshew's trying. I mean, he's out Minshew. there. He's running around like crazy. But uh, uh, you know, I love me some Minshew mania. So, Everybody yeah, loves I... it. <laughs> all right, let's move on to your second pick. What do you have? So we're jumping back into the same Seahawks and Panthers game because while the Seahawks are doing have an opportunity to put up a lot of points on offense, um, the defense also has some some issues that are, um, I guess, being overlooked at this point. Uh, the Panthers have allowed thirty three points per game over their last four games. So yeah, they've they've quite <laughs> they've slipped quite a bunch. And the Seahawks, there's no reason to think they can't have a similar output. Uh, like we said before, or uh, you you said before, Wilson's gonna have a, a great game. I think that as well. Um, I like. We, I also mentioned how I love how the uh, wide receiver core looks. Um, he has Wilson has outstanding numbers this year: thirty four hundred yards, sixty seven percent completions, twenty six touchdowns, just five picks. And we also mentioned that the Panthers' pass defense is just um, not up to snuff anymore. But the question here is whether or not Carolina can score enough points to get this one over. And I think they can. Uh, Seattle doesn't grade out the best on defense, ranking twenty second against the rush in DVOA. And now they have to deal with Christian McCaffrey this week. I know he has definitely cooled off, and he's definitely not any part of the. Uh, MVP conversation anymore, but we all know what he's capable of, and he can break a big one at any time. The Seahawks are also really vulnerable over the middle of the field, particularly against tight ends, and now I hear that Greg Olson might be back. I'm not sure why, um, but I think Ian Thomas can also be effective in this spot. Uh, obviously, Kyle Allen is not going to wow you in any shape uh, or form, but he has some good weapons at his disposal. And, uh, yeah, I think the Seahawks are going to have some issues come playoff time. but in, And I think the Panthers can actually show that by scoring some points here. And I like the over 48. 
Yeah, I don't disagree. Um, I think that in the end, like I said, I, I expect this to be kind of a smash game for the Seahawks, especially offensively. The thing is, like, you know, you think about the Seahawks and historically you're like, ooh, you know, they're, they've got this really great defense, you know, and, and you rely on Russell Wilson. But it's not really the case anymore. Yeah. I mean, their defense is fine, but it, it's not elite at this point anymore. So, I, you know, no, as much as I don't have faith in Kyle Allen, I do think that they're going to be able to put up points in this game. And, again, I expect a lot of points uh, from the Seahawks at this point. So I like both of those picks so far. So, so far, we're doing good. We're on the same page. I don't know if you'll – go ahead. Sorry. I think if they get anywhere around 17 to 20 points, I think think this one goes over. All right. For my second pick, I'm going to be taking the Eagles and the Redskins under – it's now at 39, okay? And this happens almost every time. (laughs) I take my pick. I get it in. And then when I check right before we record, it has moved. And at least that gives me some confidence that my inkling was correct. 39 is a small number. I originally had it at 40 and a half. It was 40 when I decided to take it here. And now it's 39. I don't care. I'm still taking it. Back in college, all right, uh, Andrew, my buddies and I were sitting around late at night and some really dumb infomercial came on. I do not remember the product. It was something that no rational human would ever buy. And one of the guys (laughs) just randomly blurted out in, in kind of a weird voice, Whatever they're asking, I'll double it. And that line has always like popped into my head whenever I see something that I am actually interested in. So I was talking about this total with one of the guys, and he said, oh, I wonder what the VIG is on it. And all I could think was, whatever they're asking, I'll double it. I don't care what this is at this point. I'm all in on this game. I'm having a hard time seeing how this total gets past like 36, maybe at max. I mean, kudos to the Eagles for beating the Giants on Monday night, but... Are you kidding me right now with this offense? Alshon Jeffrey is done for the year. Lane Johnson is not going to play. You're pinning your hopes on Nelson Aguilar, which is really a scary proposition, and he's probably going to be out too. So literally, it's going to be Carson Wentz, Miles Sanders, and like 50 tight ends that they're just going to be throwing out there. (laughs) It's really difficult to see them moving the ball, even if Jordan Howard comes back, which sounds like he actually might have a chance. Uh, The Redskins, though, they have not mailed it in. I mean, they continue to play hard. They get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. They are top five in the league at getting pressure, especially without Lane Johnson protecting Wentz. It's going to make it a little tough for him. And overall, the defense is not the worst. They're decent up front, and it's really about just how the Eagles are so decimated offensively, and now they're coming off this short week. And then on the other side of the ball, you have the Redskins, a team led by Dwayne Haskins, and a coach who is legitimately trying to run out the season. They run the ball nearly as much as any team other than the Ravens since Bill Callahan took over, the fifth most in the league in that span. Dwayne Haskins, as anybody who has watched a football game understands, uh, is not performing particularly well for obvious (laughs) reasons this year. He also takes a ton of sacks. The Redskins take a ton of time in between plays. They're legitimately trying to run out the season, and the Eagles... They have a really solid run defense. That's the one thing that you can kind of count on with them. You're not going to see many explosive plays, especially with Darius Geis out. You've got Adrian Peterson carrying the ball. That's not going to make these, you know, huge chunk plays or anything. Like Geis was at least capable to get. Really, I, I just see that both teams are going to run the ball a lot. It's difficult to see either one of them having much success. Running leads to clock movement, which tends towards the under. So even at 39, a low number, I'm okay with it. I'm going to take it. Uh yeah, I have I have no real disagreement here. Uh, you stole a bunch of my notes leading into my next pick here. I'm 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 taking the Eagles minus four and a half for my final pick. <laughs> but my my first line was here. Bill Callahan literally looks like he's trying to run out the clock on the season. <laughs> yeah, hundred yeah, percent. 
A hundred percent. Like you said, Dwayne Haskins not look good. Dice Geist done for the year, which is kind of a bummer because I really was enjoying watching him play. Um, but they also rank 31st in offensive DVOA because of that play from Haskins and uh, the way Adrian Peterson runs the ball plods. He's a, he's definitely more of a plotter these days. Um, and they also here are the teams with fewer yards per play than Washington this year, Chicago, Miami, and your New York jets. Um, you, you mentioned the Eagles are not great, ton of injuries, all that. Um, but I think Doug Peterson is finally, um, recognizing the talent he has in Miles Sanders. I think he's set up for a big game here, uh, against a Washington defense that doesn't grade well against the run. They do get pressure. Uh, but Wentz, I don't know Wentz, Wentz is an enigma to me. Like sometimes he makes these great throws that he shouldn't be making. And then other times he misses these really easy throws. It's really frustrating. So it's hard to have faith in him, but I think they lean on, on Sanders in this game. I think Ertz will probably have a good game as well. Um, maybe a guy like Dallas Goddard has like eight receptions for like 50 yards and sets up a touchdown or something. I don't know, but I think this number at this number was higher before, as we talked off here, it was close. It was six before, and now it's come down to four and a half. Anything under six, I'm comfortable taking just because I don't, I don't see Washington scoring for the most part. And which leads into your underplay. So, uh, we'll we'll take we'll take the Eagles as well at minus four and a half. Yeah, I don't have a great feel for it. I'm going to be honest. I mean, I think if I was forced to take a side, probably at four and a half, there's value with uh, with the Eagles at that point. I did lock in. I'll be honest. I mean, you go to bettingpros.com, you can see how I or any of you know the top betting experts in the country really are betting any particular game. And I locked it in when I saw the Redskins uh, getting six. As you yeah. talked about, it sounds like you really wouldn't necessarily be interested in the Eagles at that number. And again, part of it is just, it's really difficult to see the Eagles putting up a ton of points here. Right. No, right. But at four and a half, it's a little closer. It's not a game that I I would personally bet because it's something that makes me a little bit nervous. uh, Just backing the Eagles in any capacity (laughs) at this point. They're they're Uh, motivated now though. They're, they're, they're so close to that division title. I know, man, but they're going to be able to get that division (laughs) title no matter what. They could just beat the Cowboys at the end. So it's all good. I love how everybody who's terrible just controls their own destiny because it doesn't really matter what happens. What a dumpster fire that that division is this year. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, look I like Wentz I I think he's a good quarterback I understand the criticism of him but right now he's just got absolutely nothing going on that he can no no skill players that he can really get the ball to so he's hanging in there it's an an interesting game I don't really love it at this point if you know at six I liked uh, the Redskins at four and a half a bit of a stay away for me it'll lead into a little later where I like I don't like a lot on this week's board so (laughs) oh this is a tough board for sure and a lot of the games I like I feel like are the Big, big numbers, and I, that always makes me a little queasy, especially when I'm looking at mostly favorites. This one is a <laughs> smaller number, but it is a favorite, and I like the Browns laying three to the Cardinals in Arizona. So when I first looked at this game, I did not want much of it. I've kind of given up on relying on the Browns this year. They're in this group of teams that I just don't know what I'm going to get when they come out to play, but I feel pretty comfortable with what I'll get from the Cardinals at this point, and that is nothing great. The Browns are still (laughs) alive for a playoff spot. They're going to be playing hard, and the Cardinals have three wins this year. They've beaten the Bengals by three. They beat a decimated Falcons team that was pretty much quitting by one and a really bad Giants team by six. Yeah, they occasionally hang around. 
As a general matter, though, they're just not that good, particularly defensively. They're okay against the run, fine, but Cleveland's two-headed attack of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt can move the ball against anyone, and the weakness of the Browns' offense is its passing game. Baker Mayfield has not been good all season. He was not good against the Bengals last weekend. He's got more interceptions than touchdowns. It has not been a good year for Baker, but the Cardinals' pass defense is a joke. They're fourth worst in passing DVOA. They're worst in the in the league in yards per game, in completion percentage, and QB rating against. Their cornerbacks have been two of the worst in football all season long, and that is shocking since one of them is Patrick Peterson, but he has been <laughs> graded terribly by Pro Football Focus. They cannot cover tight ends, and David Njoku is back to practicing in full. He should be back, ready to go in full capacity this week. I just think that the Browns are going to be able to score pretty easily here and I think the Cardinals are gonna put up some points too but the Browns Achilles heel is really uh, their run defense right they allow 4.8 yards per carry and the running game is fine for Arizona but they're not a team that just runs it 40 times right down your throat unless Kyler Murray gets more involved the Browns are solid against the pass despite missing uh, both of their cornerbacks for the vast majority of the season, they're both healthy now. They're top 10 in passing yards allowed per game. They get pressure on the quarterback pretty consistently, even without Miles Garrett. So this is much, much more of a fade of Arizona. And <laughs> I, I liked it better when it was originally under a field goal. I saw it at two and a half at one point. Even at a field goal, though, I'm still going to take it. So I will take the Browns in Arizona, laying three to the Cardinals. You're not going to get an argument from me on that one. All right. Uh, fading Arizona. I'm going to be mad if I get an argument from anybody at that point. All right, let's quickly review. You like the Seahawks laying six to the Panthers and the total over 48.5 in that game, and you like the Eagles laying 4.5 to the Redskins. I'm going to take the Jaguars and the Raiders over 45, the Eagles and the Redskins under 39, and the Browns laying three to the Cardinals. Before we move on, there is this thing called the BetMGM Sports app, and they basically give you boosted bets that are impossible to lose. Legitimately, if you've opened an account with BetMGM and placed your first wager at any point in the past several weeks, then you are wealthier today than you were then. They have boosted bets where you win 100 times your money in free bets for things like the 49ers beating the Redskins. Tom Brady completing a pass against the Chiefs and the Patriots scoring a point against the Ravens. Legitimately, these are the types of bets that MGM has offered to new users who sign up using our promo code over the past several weeks and place their first bet. And this week is a beauty. The Rams-Cowboys line, we didn't talk about it, but it's been moving heavily in favor of the Rams all week. It started at like Cowboys laying three or four. Uh, It's now the Rams laying one, one and a half. But if you place a $1 money line bet on the Cowboys, then you win $100 in free bets if Dak Prescott completes even one pass. It does not matter if the Cowboys win or lose. You get $100 in free bets when Dak completes his first pass regardless. That is guaranteed money, as I just said. Things like that are not a rarity over at BetMGM. They happen all the time. So here's what you need to do. Search for the BetMGM Sports app on your phone. Download it. Sign up for an account. Use our promo code Harris, that is my last name. Make sure your first bet is a $1 money line bet on the Cowboys to beat the Rams this weekend. And when Dak completes his first pass, congratulations, you have won $100. So hurry up and sign up with our promo code. These winnings are paid in free bets. You must be 21 years or older, and although you can sign up and easily deposit money anywhere, you must be in the state of New Jersey to place a sports bet, and certain restrictions apply. Visit betmgm.com for the full list of terms and conditions. And if you've got a gambling problem, Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Andrew, it is time for It's a Trap, where we list a line we are avoiding. Start us off. 
Um, like we said, there's a lot of lines to avoid this week. Um, it's like, I'm looking at the board, I see the Titans there, minus three at home, but I still can't shake the idea that Ryan Tannehill is good. Uh, I have no idea what to make of that Bills and Steelers line as well. Uh, I, I'm looking at the Vikings line as short faves, and that's super suspicious, like definitely a trap there. I remember we talked about the Packers doing going out to San, uh, San Diego. I did it, darn. Um, Los Angeles. It's been like two years, man. At some I point, know. we got to get past it. <laughs> but they, they they did the same thing, and uh, the Packers went out there, and we were like, oh, my goodness, that's that, that line looks suspicious. And, of course, the Packers lost. Uh, but funny enough, the line I am not trusting the most is that Rams and Cowboys line. Um, like you said, it's been jumping all over the place. And I think that has to do with the fact that nobody really knows how to grade either of these teams. They, the Rams look wonderful on offense one week and the next it takes Jared Goff 50 passes to throw 240 yards and, with the Cowboys, the Cowboys are just, I, I guess, I guess they're just a mess. A team that talented at seven and the defense isn't as good as they thought it would be. Uh, Van Der Esch being hurt has really, has really affected them. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they came out here and won this game. And now they're getting like a point and a half at home. So I'm just, no, thank you. <laughs> Staying away. Uh, Jason Garrett, <laughs> see you later. <laughs> Let's get Urban Meyer in here and try it all over again. I, I can't remember a line swinging quite this much from yeah. opening, right? I mean, this is crazy. It's like five and a half points at this point. Right now, the Cowboys are getting one and a half. I mean, look, I, I, I agree with you. I'm not going anywhere near this. I really want, I mean, when I look at it and I kind of I, I kind of break down the entire game, there is value now with the Cowboys. You're getting value at this yeah. point with them playing at home, getting one and a half points. But I cannot stake my betting life on Jason Garrett, right? I just can't oh, yeah. at this point. And the Rams look really good. But again, you know, it's hard to not overreact to what you just saw. And, you know, the Rams have looked really good lately. The Cowboys have looked bad. But again, Cowboys at home kind of, you know, the value's there, but I can't get involved in that. And that is coming from somebody who just took a Freddie Kitchens-led team on the road at <laughs> Arizona. And I am saying, man, with Jason Garrett there, I can't get involved. So I agree with you on that one, man. It, it really is something where, wow, the, the line, the, the movement in the line, you know the public is all over it. it. It just, it scares me. So I agree with you. I'm staying away. For my pick, I am going to avoid the Packers laying four and a half to the Bears. I just, I cannot get a read on this game. The Bears have been playing better, but the defense is still solid. It's not great, and they just lost Roquan Smith. And the Packers are kind of just like coasting along. They rarely look impressive, but they're generally finding ways to win. And it's basically a must a must win game kind of for both teams. The Bears need to keep their playoff hopes alive. The Packers need to not only stay ahead of the Vikings, but they're also in play for the number two seed if things break right. Divisional opponents who know each other well, second meeting of the year. It's just not a game I really want to get involved in. If I was forced to choose a side, I guess it would be the Bears, but it's really in limbo. It's just not a game that I feel comfortable with. I, I couldn't agree more. The, Bear, the Bears are one of those teams that fall into that category of like, are you going to get good Mitch or bad Mitch? And if you get good Mitch, you're going to get some, some good results. I think a lot of the, like you said, the defense has been good. Not like they haven't been like as outstanding as we want, but I think a lot uh, 
the fact that that was for most of the season, the bears just haven't been able to sustain drives and they're, they're getting gassed and they're getting tired and teams kind of wear them out throughout the game. But yeah, I, uh, the, the Packers on the other hand, like, I don't, I don't know what to make of Matt LaFleur in that offense right now. They, like you said, they find ways to win, but it's been ugly, but I guess yeah. like maybe, maybe it comes playoff time and then they're experienced winning ugly, which is what you need in the playoffs. So who knows? That's why I'm staying away. <laughs> yeah, I, as you mentioned, there's like five or six games that can easily fall into this category, right? There's a bunch of games. Yeah that neither one of us want to touch. But for now, I will avoid the Packers giving four and a half to the Bears, and you will avoid the Rams laying one and a half now to the Cowboys. So before we get on to our final segment, I want to remind everyone about our giveaway. It is a signed Michael Thomas Saints helmet. You can go to bettingpros.com slash contest for more details. But to enter, just leave a review for the show on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Send a screenshot of that review to contest at bettingpros.com. And if you have already entered a previous contest, you are automatically entered for this one. So no worries there. Now, the Thomas Helmet, all of our signed helmets, they come from Pristine Auction, where they offer a ton of great memorabilia with thousands of auctions every single day. Just go to pristineauction.com. That's P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E auction.com. And when you go there, use our promo code BETTINGPROS, win a free $5 voucher instantly. All right, let's finish up with our top prop, where we give our top player prop bet of the week. What do you have? My best prop of the week which you can also find over at covers prop shop podcast which we do every week uh is jarvis landry to go along with your cleveland browns bet to go over his receiving yards total of 76 and a half yards i like you broke down all the reasons why we like the browns to cover that spread and that kind of goes into why i like landry in this game as well i I looked at baker's yardage total as well but he's just like there's some some of his games are so inconsistent you don't know what you're gonna get with them juice has been consistent and he's back to being that target monster we're used to averaging over 10 targets and nearly 80 yards per game over his last seven games um like you said this this cardinals pass events really stinks and it's like we said shocking because that includes patrick peterson but either way i think peterson's probably gonna be on odell uh, most of the time anyway. And and another area that the Cardinals are really terrible at is uh, defending tight ends. They're like really, like worse than league at defending tight ends. And not that they're going to, you, you mentioned Njoku, but I, they can also use Landry all over the field. And he, he does his best work in the middle of the field, which is a spot where the Cardinals are lacking. So I like them to take advantage in that spot and go over his re- receiving yards of 76 and a half. Yep, love it. Uh, I Mayfield is somebody who, you know, I do a lot of fantasy, as as we kind of alluded to. Um, and, you know, Mayfield's just, you know, I'll probably have him ranked relatively decently, but he's not somebody who I love because you just can't trust him. But you can pretty much trust Landry. He's really the one part of the passing game that you can trust. So I like it. I think they're going to have a big game, as I mentioned, and I do think that Landry's going to get a big piece of it. I am going sort of to dovetail into one of your other picks, and I'm going to go with Chris Carson over 125 rushing yards at plus, plus 210, all right? So, you know, we're getting we're getting some juice on that. The Panthers, as you mentioned, I mean, you, you basically gave it all anyway, so I don't really have to go into it too much. But as you mentioned, the Panthers are last in the league in rushing defensive DVOA. They have completely mailed it in. The Panthers have allowed, they've allowed 175 rushing yards per game over their last three games. You mentioned Rashad Penny is out for this game. That They don't have anybody else, really, to run. They desperately need to win. Brian Schottenheimer 
wants to run the ball. They're going to do so again here. It's, you know, it's a big number, 125 yards. But, you know, you're getting 2-1 to one in your money, more than 2-1 to one in your money. So, again, this is a game where I think everybody on the Seattle offense goes crazy. But specifically, Chris Carson, especially with Penny out. With Penny in, they're basically splitting carries without him. CJ Procise is not going to really siphon off all that much. It's going to be a lot of Carson. It's going to be a lot of yards. I'll take over 125 at plus 210. Love it. I, I knew you would, given your picks, man. <laughs> but, yeah, he's he's a big one. And if you are playing fantasy, uh, certainly Carson should be considered probably a top five back this this week. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. Thanks again for joining me, Andrew. Remind everybody where they can find more of you and your work. You can find me at covers.com and on Twitter at covers underscore Kaylee. Uh, we're getting ready for bowl season now, too. That's how crazy the the uh how crazy fast the football season goes we're already coming up to bowl season so we'll have breakdowns of every single bowl game this season so look forward to that awesome well thanks again for coming on the show this might be your fourth time on the show or something like that i think it's something like that yeah all right we'll call it we'll call it i always enjoy having you on you're really easy to talk to you don't insult my jets too much uh (laughs) it's it's a rarity for a guest so really appreciate it hopefully we can do it again soon can't wait All right, I want to remind everybody about BetMGM, where you can win $100 in free bets on your $1 Moneyline bet on the Cowboys to beat the Rams, so long as Dak Prescott completes even a single pass if you sign up for an account using our promo code Harris. And don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Send a screenshot of that review to contest at bettingpros.com to be entered into our Michael Thomas signed helmet giveaway. Good luck with your wagers this weekend, everybody. We'll be back breaking down the early lines for Week 16 on Monday. (laughs) 